The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn. I'm a registered dietitian and an investigative nutritionist, and I'm really on a mission to help us find food truth. And today I have a marvelous guest, Anna Sophia Joannis, who is the producer-director of a fantastic new film called Fresh, which I had the pleasure of seeing in Kansas City several weeks ago. Anna, welcome. Thank you. And I have a couple of questions about this movie. You know, in Kansas City, you had mentioned that you were really on a mission to create a film about global warming, and something happened, and all of a sudden, a film about food happened. How did that transpire? <laughs> you know, that's a that's a great uh, it's a great question. I you know I I think that a couple of things happened. Um, first of all, uh, uh, it became more and more obvious how integrated our environmental and climate crisis uh, our food system is. You know, as you know, one-fifth of our energy use goes into our food system, uh, the production and distribution of our food. And, you know, one-fifth is a lot. <laughs> People think about cars and we think about, you know, coal and industries. Um, but our food system is a big culprit. It's also uh, incredibly un- not resilient. You know, it mm-hmm. first one of the main, I think, issue, for, for instance, is that um, 90% of our water is consumed by uh, uh, industrial agriculture. And in uh, a time of climate change, you know, we need a resilient system. We need to be able to continue farming despite change in the weather, and our system is not resilient whatsoever. So I became kind of increasingly aware of how much our food system was a microcosmos of all of the problem. But I think that what I talked about um, at the panel that you mentioned in Kansas City is that what, what really changed and what made me go from wanting to make a documentary on global warming to uh, doing a documentary about uh, the sustainable food movement is that I realized that all of the doom and gloom, all of the discussion of the problems really paralyzed me, that I felt angry and I felt scared and I felt disconnected and that all of that was triggering inactivity on my part and that I was kind of seeing that reaction in a lot of people, you know, this sense of what's the point of, and then you can finish that sentence, if, you know, problems are so complex and big and bigger than me. And what I found out um, researching, you know, in my research was that there were just unbelievable things going on, really inspiring people and initiative all around the world taking place, and that when I knew about them, which most of us are not made aware of the good things that are taking place, um, I felt inspired to do something and to connect and to participate in creating a better world. And I think food is not only a microcosmos of the problem, but it's very much, you know, the most vibrant and, and innovative place, an exciting place where things are happening, things are changing. And finally, I know this is a long answer, but the last thing I think is that, you know, when when you think about food, um, it's, you know, we, we all... You know, we all eat, um, but it's also incredibly cultural and intimate and immediate um, so that our food shows do really affect us, you know, as you know, our health, our, but also the health of our community. It was just also just an incredibly just logical place to start the conversation. Well, you know, I don't know if you're getting the kind of response that I uh, heard in Kansas City all over the country, but 
what I hear people saying about your film is that it is indeed inspirational. You know, it gives people a, a feeling of empowerment that, wait a second, I do have a voice and I can make a difference. And if we're going to see a change, it's got to start from the grassroots, working up to make the policy, but that everything first starts with a conversation. And what better way to start a conversation than around a beautiful film? And the other thing about the film is that it's emotionally uplifting, the music that you chose, the way the camera angles are. I mean, I looked at this as a real work of art. And uh, I, you know, as a dietitian, of course, my mission is to improve public health. And we've seen such devastation over the past few decades of childhood obesity, of course, being the, the issue that most of us hear in the news. But uh, we really have to go beyond this, I guess, this false notion that if a person, if a child is overweight, it's, you know, it's their own darn fault. It's really the result of a much greater societal problem. And I think your movie brings out all of those issues in a wonderful way. And I'm thinking of Will Allen, for example. You interviewed Will. He, of course, I think he was a former basketball player. Is that right? Yes, it is. He's a big guy with a lot of uh, charisma. And here he is starting with the grassroots literally in Milwaukee with growing power and getting people who have literally or traditionally been forced into communities that don't have access to good food, and now they're growing their own food. What was it like to meet with him? What was your experience there? Oh, you know, I think that, that, that Will is one of the most inspiring uh, uh, people I've met, you know, in my life. Uh, he's, and, and, he's, and he's a doer, you know, like he comes to life when, when he's in the greenhouse and he's, he's uh, you know, composting. And yeah. he, you know, it's, it's amazing when you can meet someone who can talk with such passion about turning waste into warm food and, you know, how warm are, are the, you know, the capable of creating the most uh, fertile of all soul and you can actually and you feel excited with him <laughs> you yeah. know you know you've met somebody special um you know it's amazing to be at a growing power workshop because there were like over 100 people from all over the country from every walk of life you know every race every ethnicity every um economic background and profession you know there were nutritionists there was a non there were many people working with youth there were farmers um uh, small farmers industrial farmers I mean, the diversity of people in these workshops are unbelievable. And I looked around the room and I said, oh, my goodness, I mean, this man is spreading, he's spreading hope and he's spreading inspiration. And every single one of these people are going to come back from a weekend uh, workshop with Will Allen and do something with it, start something, whatever it is, that's something. They, it's like Will is not only planting, you know, I mean, literally, like the idea of planting seeds in the soil, but he's really planting seeds of inspiration in all of these people. And it was obvious. It was so incredibly inspiring to be in a room and seeing this process happen and in the meet like since i've been on the road with the movie i have met so many people who have been inspired by will allen it's it's really unbelievable what one man can really truly accomplish well and you bring will allen into all of our living rooms and small theaters all over the country so you're you're also planting his seeds and it's almost like a virus you know people catch the enthusiasm and they want to replicate it and they see how easy it is and don't you love when he sticks his hands in that big pile of earth and pulls out the earthworms and uh, does he call them his babies I think at one point <laughs> but these are the uh, this is the source of our food and the fact that we're connecting people back to that source we've been so disconnected and it didn't really take that long you know maybe over the past few decades 
Maybe we remember our grandparents gardening, at least here in, in this country. And then somehow we were told that we didn't have time to cook or we didn't have time to have a garden or that, was, that it was old-fashioned and we needed all this technology when really the answers to public health and well-being mentally and physically, I think all lie in the soil. At least that's what I came away with after that interview with him. The answer lay in the food. I'm sorry, I didn't. Hear yes, that the yeah. answer to so many of our physical and mental health problems really lay in the soil and in getting the soil, people in the soil. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think that's a beautiful metaphor, and I think that that soil is. I mean, the food in my documentary is a metaphor for something much bigger. You know, I think that there was a young man at one of the screening that uh, after the screening asked me a question. He's like, you know, I never thought food could could like like. Uh, get me, I forgot how he said it, but like basically create such an emotional response in him. He's like, you know, food is not that emotional. Like, what is it about your movie you think that makes it, that, that did something so emotional to me? And, you know, I thought about it and I said, you know, it, it was a great, great question or a great response to the movie because I really don't think of my movie as to be about food. You know, like food is just the entry point. Um, it really is about changing our perspective um, about ourselves, about our relationship to each other, and about our relationship with the world, and I think that that shift is a shift that is much bigger than food, and food is just a great place to start, again, because we, we feel the effect, the pleasure, the health, the, the connection, you know, we feel the effect right away, but really it's, it's so much bigger, it's about realigning our priorities, you know, reconnecting with the yearning that we all have to feel meaning in our life, to feel connected, you know, I mean, basically much bigger issues that I think are dormant in many of us, but are, are there. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't have those, that yearning, that desire, you know? I totally agree with you. And there is nothing else that we all do as a, a world population. You know, we all eat several times a day, and we all have that in common. You know, you, you mentioned something, um, and I want to talk a little bit about your experiences with the different people in the film, but you mentioned something that made me think... Um, you mentioned how you had that reaction from the young man in your audience who had been surprised by the emotional reaction he had to food. What else have you learned along the way from the people who have seen the film? You know, I just got an email from a, from a woman who saw the movie in Minneapolis, and she told me that she, uh, she's in her 60s, she's retired. She said that she was working for Cargill for a decade or more, you know, earlier in her life and, you know, basically a big, a big, one of the big corporate, food corporation, and, you know, and she, she said something about that and that experience and how, you know, our food system needs so dramatically to change, and she said, you know, I, you know, coming out of your movie, I really feel like I want to do something, you know, I really mm. want to somehow contribute, what can I do, you know, and, you know, I started uh, connecting with a couple of the organizations that were at your screening and seeing if I can volunteer for them, what else can I do, you know, and, I think that for somebody, I think I'm, I'm getting a lot of that. People that, you know, clearly it's not like I'm, I'm creating this, this, um, the, the care. It's not like I'm making them care about the issue. They always cared about the issue. They've, they've been aware of, of, of something being off for a while. But they, the, the going into action, you know, that like, what does it take for people to go from knowing they want to do something to actually doing it, you know, mm -hmm. to caring about something to and to then take that step. It's, it's a very difficult step, you know. And so I think that, that what I'm getting from re recognizing from people in the audience is that something happens with 
not only watching the movie, but watching the movie in a communal setting, watching the movie with a bunch of other people that really trigger the, the, that response of being ready to, to put your values or your desire into action. And this is why we're really pushing hard for only community screenings. You know, we're not selling overall, we're not selling uh, individual copies of the movie. Um, if you want to see the movie, we encourage you to host a home screening or to host a community screening because we think that it should be seen. It's a movement, you know. It, it's not about the movie and it's not about, you know, us individual. It's really about creating something, you know, about participating in a movement. And I, I love that approach. You know, I know so many films come out and We've, we, of course, have tried to show films before in, in my professional organization, and we've been held back because of distribution rights. You have such a generous way of promoting this work uh, and such a genuine way, you know, to have home screenings, the real grassroots of it all. And I was thinking, you know, um, there, there's a program that goes into many schools across the country. It's called Channel One. And it, and it does exactly what you talk about. You know, it allows children to see advertisements for products that we wouldn't we wouldn't really necessarily want them to have or use, but commercial products that wouldn't better themselves or the environment. But by showing them in a classroom, there's a different dynamic when people are watching these things together, and it's more powerful. So I was sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, well, this film should be in every classroom in America. We should be inspiring not only the people that come out at a community setting, but what if every humanities teacher or home economics teacher or health teacher or history teacher or agronomy, you know, any subject can partner with the subject yeah. matter in this film. Can you imagine? Oh, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. We're, um, well, you know... <laughs> It's, it's funny because, like, basically, we're we're doing a grassroots distribution. We believe in it, but it's very difficult financially. And there is a lot of things that we would like to do that we're building towards, and that you know that we're we're relying a lot on basically people's volunteering to help us because we don't have the money to hire a teacher who's you know specialized in curriculum development and develop lesson plans and help us reach out to uh, classrooms all over the country. But we are, we've been putting the word out, telling people, you know, uh, that we need help uh, developing curriculum. And, you know, I, I trust that we will develop, you know, really great curriculum to go with the movie. And then, you know, not only through word of mouth, but through, you know, very targeted effort, we will be able to get it into a lot of schools. We're also hoping, um, you know, and again, somewhat dependent on, on getting a little bit of money coming in, um, on organizing very very ambitious outreach into colleges. Mm -hmm. um, basically, I want to hire students, uh, students intern all over the country, college students, and have them become the voice of fresh all over the country. So they will organize campus screening, and you know there is such great energy on on campuses that that if we are successful in hiring great young people who are dedicated about these issues, and just give them the, the <laughs> you know. The ability to organize all these screenings all over the country, I think that we'll be able to reach a lot of young people. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I, I too recognize the energy that's coming from youth. I think these children of today were born at the right time, at the right moment to save the earth. I've never seen such positive energy moving us towards a more sustainable and, as you say, the great word, resilient food system. Very well chosen. You know, I have to ask you something else. Um, of course, I have a whole list of questions, as you might imagine. But, 
You know, I, I happen to know that personally, um, you are a pregnant woman, and you are soon to have your child, and so you've basically carried this child with you along this journey of of producing the film and showing the film. And I wonder, has the film changed the way you eat as a result and how you think about this new life within you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the easy answer is yes, it definitely has. Um, you know, I was just talking to, to Lisa Madison, who's, um, you know, partnering up with me to, to distribute fresh and... and Excuse me. Um, anyways, I was just talking to her over lunch today about how it's it's so scary because there are, you know, all of these evidence now out there about, you know, some of the disruption that could be happening to our health because of some uh, environmental toxins, you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of this, again, is this feeling of being powerless and just being exposed to things that could be hurtful, not only to you, but very much um, to your child. I think there was just, you mentioned a, a Huffington Post article about, autism relationship mm. environmental uh, toxins uh, uh, dis- disturbances yes. anyways I don't know the details of this but I was just thinking like you know on the road you know I mean unless you're eating home all the time which you know I haven't been able to do I'm not also willing to do most of the time uh, and I do like my convenience you know it's almost impossible to avoid GMOs right you know, I am very concerned about the exposures uh, of GMO on an unborn child and on a a young baby. We don't know. It's like we're guinea pigs um, of these companies. We have no idea what genetically modified organisms are doing to our system. We'll only know 20 years from now when a generation of children who are being raised on GMO will suddenly have all of these uh, health problems. And I think, you know, it's very, it's distressing. I think that, you know, again, the same thing I said to everybody else, like, you know, I'm not a purist. You know, you have to do the best you can. And so I, I certainly try to nourish myself and nourish my child as, you know, or the, the child inside me <laughs> yeah. as well as I can. Um, and then, you know, you have to just kind of let go and, and relax and just, you know, kind of have faith that things will will, will, will go the, the best possible way. But um, I think, you know, again, like I mentioned, like the, the shift that happened to me in making the movie is beyond just food. You know, food is just one aspect of it. But it's really very much about my perspective in general. So it's about the way I'm relating to to people on the road and off the road, my colleagues, my friends, you know, like trying to, you know, in, in some ways it's a cliche, but to la- to live mindfully, you know, mm-hmm. to live in accordance to my, my deepest uh, values and principles and, you know, not to get too caught up in my goals or ambitions or other people's fears and ambitions and goals, you know, and to to try to, to be mindful at, at all level and, and, you know, it's not always easy, you know, like the, the distribution of the movie is very demanding and, you know, finding a balance in our life, you know, for all of us is, is a constant struggle. So I think it's making me more, it's made me more aware of how important it is to find meaning in what I do, um, be mindful and find balance, which, you know, I think is, is everyone's um, struggle in life. Absolutely. You know, one of the people that you interviewed in the film is actually from uh, my hometown here, John Eichert. He's a a professor emeritus from the University of Missouri in agricultural economics. And I remember he was on the panel in Kansas City, and I remember him saying that if people only knew what was going on in our food system, we would be outraged. And, you know, your comments about the GMOs reminded me of that. And 
you know, we'd had some conversation that you're, you were originally from Europe, you came to the States, and I know in Europe the food labels set, let, let people know if there are GMOs in the food. Well, we don't have that here in the United States. And I, I can understand your fear very much, you know, in being a mother myself, um, how important your job is at this time in your life to create a health, the healthiest baby that you can. And for those of us living in the States, you know, not to have that freedom of choice, to be able to look at a label and say, you know, good or bad, I'd like to be able to at least have the freedom to choose a food that doesn't contain the GMOs. And I think that's what John might have been talking about. It's like all of these hidden things that are going on, how do we find the truth? Yeah, I think, and I think that that, that question is basically you can't. Um, the answer is, I should say, you can't. And, and, and I think that that's because we have an, a, a system that is the opposite of a transparent and accountable system. And I think that in creating an alternative system, we have to think of transparency and accountability as our keywords, you know, almost our gospel. And the only way, really, you can have transparency and accountability is when you have relationship. You know, if you add too many layers between you and your food, especially when those layers are regulations and lawyers, you actually lose transparency and accountability and therefore safety. And I think that doesn't matter how many FDA supposed to be regulation to, to, mm. to protect us, we're not protected, and we've seen that there are so many scares right now, and, you know, the, the, the food is not safe. And I think that when you know where it comes from, and again, like, it doesn't mean that you have to know the farmer necessarily. It can mean that you are part of a co-op and that the co-op people that choose the food, they know, you know, but you trust your co-op. Or it can mean that, you know, you buy fair trade coffee where you know that the coffee roaster goes on a trip once a year to the co-op of farmers in Guatemala that, you know, raise that, that coffee at a fair price. So he knows how this coffee is raised and that the conditions are, are, are humane conditions for the workers and that people are paid fairly. So, like, it's not necessarily, like, you know, one degree of separation. I mean, you know, clearly we live in a complicated world, you know, and I, I do want to convince of being able to go to the supermarket. But, you know, the Organic, uh, organic Valley is a great example of a brand that's national, that you can get almost everywhere, and that yet, because it's a co-op of farmers, because they have very specific uh, rules and regulations that they require all of their farmers to abide by, that you can trust. And it takes a little research to know the difference between a Horizon organic milk and a Organic Valley organic milk. But if you do a little bit of research, you can find out which companies you can trust, which companies are transparent, you know, which people uh, you can work with. And I think that we have to take responsibilities to, you know, a little bit more in our hand to have these relationships so that we can have transparency and accountability. Absolutely. The two words, transparency and accountability, Really, that's the American way. And I think that what you've done with the film is that you've shown us, not only you, have you given us inspiration, but I think the film empowers us. We, th you know, we see regular kind of folks making a difference, making a change. And I think that, it, that accumulatively, we will see a tremendous change if we stick with it. And if we say, you know what, he can do it, I can do it, and... I don't know about you, but I think the food even tastes better when we've got some sort of relationship built in with it. And, oh, for sure. You know, like you say, I mean, you don't have to have one degree of separation, but I love the cooperative idea. I think that's how small farmers can actually get back and get their strength back 
and we can actually revitalize our rural communities. I mean, all of this from one film, Anna, all of this from Fresh. And I have to ask you, how did you come up with the title? Oh, you know, the title for a long time was really delicious. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, by, by the time we were doing some final test screenings, you know, a lot of people say, ah, oh, you know, I don't think really delicious quite works. And, and then, to be honest, I don't remember. You know, I put the word out uh, in, to my friends saying, please suggest titles. And, you know, tons of titles were suggested. And among them, Fresh was suggested that it was the obvious choice. Well, I think it's perfect because I think many of us are looking for a fresh start with our food system. And I know they did some marketing uh, some some marketing surveys of different people and fresh was the word that was a, a huge key word people wanted most um, importantly about their food was they wanted it to be fresh and what your film does is it makes that transition of we want it but how do we get it right and I mean you know again I, I like I like the wordplay because you know if, if you if you look at my my, uh, the, my poster it, it's a it's a light bulb but with an egg you know it's an egg bulb. right you know, fresh is also fresh ideas. You know, it's fresh concept. It's a fresh new vision. It really just means something that's that's ready to be born. You know, it's fresh. And so it, it is fresh food that we want, but it's also fresh ideas, fresh, fresh perspectives. You know, like you say, it's a new beginning. And um, and it's looking forward. You know, we're not we're not looking back. We're not just, you know, unhappy about what's happening. We're, we're very much, you know, it's a forward-looking vision. So I think it's, it is an appropriate title for this movie. Anna, did you have any surprises while you were making this film? Well, I think what surprised me the most was actually not so much like how messed up things were. I think in some ways we all kind of built at this point to expect, you know, the worst. Right. I think that even though a lot of it was surprising, it, it, it just became kind of my background information quite fast, which is, I think, why what the problem is when we focus mostly on the problems. Right. Um, what was surprising is really just how much sense how much common sense the solutions are. I mean, you know, every time I would meet a farmer and he or she would explain to me what they're doing, I would have that moment. It was like, duh, you know, like, <laughs> of course. Like, that is, that makes so much sense. Like, our current system is absurd. And these people are making so much sense. Like, how come we're not doing this? Like, how that was surprising. That sense of, like, how can that be? You know, it's, it's John Eichert's book, as you know, is Return to Common Sense. And yes. So it, it, it makes you know, it is a matter of common sense. Like, somehow we've lost complete track. So I think that was one of the biggest things. And then the second one I think I started mentioning a little bit is is I just realized, like, how much of a yearning I had for feeling meaning in my life, for feeling connected. And, you know, what I found with all of the farmers is that all of them, I think, because they work in, in nature, they work with, you know, this, this miracle of being able to grow food, they all have a sense of how everything is so incredibly connected, you know, mm. like you need the sun, they need the rain, they need the right bacteria, they need, I mean, it's like everything comes together to create, to, to allow them to, to grow food, and so they have a sense of awe, you know, and, and a deep respect for something bigger than themselves, which I think when you live in a city, when you live in this modern world, it's so hard to feel, you know, and I, I realize, like, you know, we're missing this, we're really missing something, there is something missing, and I, I think I was surprised by that. Well, Anna, our, our time together has come to a close, but I want to assure you that um, we will post on the KOPN.org website a link to Fresh the Movie. And again, the name of the movie is Fresh, and you can go online, and um, anyone who's interested, it's a you've priced it reasonably, so instead of maybe if you belong to a book club or, or some sort of... Um, 
worship organization. You can bring this to any sort of congregational group or setting that you have. Um, Anna, you have been um, a real inspiration to many of us. I want to thank you so much for your film. Thank you to all of our listeners for being with us today. Food Sleuth Radio is produced at KOPN Studio in beautiful downtown Columbia. Thank you all for joining us.